0: Welcome to the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm the uh, Managing Director of Travel Hotel hospice, I mean, travel Hospitality and Retail at J.D. Power. And uh, with me today is the woman who runs the hotel study for us. Uh, it's Andrea Stokes. Hello, Andrea. Hello. And, uh, Andrew, you're just back from vacation. And we, you know, we're going to talk about several topics. I, I think today's main topic is going to be uh, you're basically the current travel, state of travel, and then also um, some little bit of forecast looking t- towards the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday seasons because we do get an awful lot of inquiry about that from the media and other folks um, here at J.D. Power. So, Andrew, you're just back from vacation. Uh, was there anything that, uh, that happened to you that was uh, illustrative of the current environment?
1: <laughs> uh, well, one flight delay... Um it was a several hour delay, so getting to your hotel at 3 a.m. is not fun. But uh, I guess I suppose we could say that that um, is probably, you know, a, a very minor problem to have given the the high demand and the um, you know how overtaxed I think the system is right now. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it was a, you know, a great, great trip. Um, you know, of course, being in the travel industry, it's always great to see hotels that are full and busy airports, mm-hmm. full flights. Um, I experienced all of that.
0: <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, I will have to say if, uh, if folks don't keep up with some of the minutia, you know, some of the things that strike me is I recently threw, flew through Heathrow. Uh, On my way to Scotland. And I had some hassles that weren't really necessarily related to any of the current travel conditions. But the airline I was flying couldn't check people in for about 90 minutes. And we missed our outbound flight, uh, which was uh, a big hassle. But that's just a personal thing. It had nothing to do with the macro scene. But however, the part of the macro scene was getting at Heathrow, uh, where it was at capacity. They had more actual people in the Heathrow buildings than any other time in the history of Heathrow to give you an idea of, um, what, you know, what the capacity problems that are that we're currently experiencing. This is very high demand, uh, relatively few aircraft, uh, flying, which means that people are going to get on an aircraft and it's going to be very full. And because the aircraft is full and there are fewer of them, they are uh, filling up the airports, uh, at certain hours of the day. So that is certainly something I've witnessed. So, Andrea, my first question for you is: How are hoteliers coping with all this? What are you know? What's the current situation look like?
1: Well, definitely, uh, you know, hoteliers uh, are raising room rates, and they're able to get those higher rates due to the high demand. Um, I think you know some. Hoteliers are pushing rate as much as possible. Uh, you know, of course, to make up for uh, the lack of demand that we had, you know, in 2020 and, and going into 2021. So it's understandable. Uh, so far, you know, guests are um, responding to higher rates. Yes, they're they're paying them. Uh, because uh, they're not willing to kind of give up those vacations and give up those those trips that maybe they've been planning for a long time. Uh, but our hotel guest satisfaction study results, which were released in July, does show um, dissatisfaction with, you know, kind of that value for money component. Uh, guests are paying more for an experience that, you know, is still probably not back to the, you know, the hotel experience maybe that they were used to before the pandemic. Um, So they are, you know, guests are showing dissatisfaction in in some segments. Um, And and that's directly related to kind of those higher room rates uh, that they're paying.
0: Yeah, I can say that uh, we're going to be showing some graphs uh, in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks at the uh, future travel experience um, expo or conference. I don't know what uh, how I actually call it, um, but we'll be presenting some data there that show basically the same thing, that satisfaction is on its way down, mostly as a result of uh, crowding in the airports. And, the, of course, the calculus is that if your airport's empty, <laughs> you're more likely to have a more satisfying experience. You're going to park closer to the building. You're going to uh, go through security faster, and it won't take you as long to get on the aircraft. And once you're on the aircraft, that middle seat will more than likely be empty uh, when there is no one in the airport. But on we're having the, exactly the opposite problem now, which are overcrowding and the stretch stretching of the capacity to limit, as I just mentioned with, with Heathrow. Heathrow is not ex- exactly an exciting place to be when you can't find a seat in a restaurant, which was exactly what we experienced. I think we went to the, it was the fifth restaurant that we went to where we'd actually, two of us could actually sit down and that's the current situation. So, and now also I'd reflect also that something you said about rising costs, airlines, of course, are, you know, increasing fares for a couple to, to meet that demand. And also the ability that they, they have to fill an aircraft. They're more likely to fill the aircraft and that's going to make those last 10, 12, 20 seats, more expensive. And of course, the cost of fuel is I think it's up up something like 60 or 70 percent from where it was in 2019. So it is more expensive to travel. Um, The other part of it I would mention about airlines is, uh, again, the capacity problem they've got. Um, The question I get most from the media these days is, what's it going to be like in Thanksgiving and then sometimes Christmas? So, Andrea, what's your outlook for the hotel business um, during the holiday periods coming up?
1: Well, given that gas prices have gone down a little bit, um, I do think it's going to be a big uh, holiday uh, travel season. Um, I, you know, many people do drive to their destinations over the holidays in fact, most people will you know will drive, but many will be staying in uh, hotels during that time. So I imagine that hotel hoteliers can can still kind of keep up those higher rates um, because again, we're looking at holidays where people uh, may not have been able to spend time with family over the past two years. Uh, so I, I think that it's it's just going to be a, a very busy um, holiday season. even in, even last holiday season in 2021, right it was it was very very busy. Uh, so I can imagine uh, the same uh, for, for this holiday season. I really don't see it getting any better. you know I'm not sure about airlines, Mike are they are they planning on adding flights, adding aircraft?
0: Well, they would like to. I don't think they're going to be able to. Um, the limiting, the constraining factor here is who's qualified to fly the aircraft. And they don't have enough of those folks uh, as much as they would want. And one of the issues is a, a long-term problem. Why, you know, why don't we have more pilots flying? One of them is a long-term problem. The FAA requires, I believe it's 1,500 hours to qualify as a co-pilot for a commercial jet. Um, Prior to 2003 or 2008, I can't remember, it was quite a few years ago, the minimum requirement was 250 hours. So it's more than six times uh, increased. Uh, And in typical, I will be a little critical of the FAA as I have been in my career. Um, it was a response to a small airline crash that happened in upstate New York, uh, Colgan Air. And you, that may ring a bell with some people. But um, it was uh, ascribed to pilot error. So the FAA said, well, let's just increase the number of hours required for someone to qualify to be a pilot. And that'll reduce that pilot error rate. Um, but it turns out that the uh, two like pilot and the co-pilot for that Colgan Air crash each had more than 2,000 hours uh, of experience, so it didn't seem to really make much sense to increase it to 1,500. So that going from 250 to 1,500 has reduced the number of people who qualify and who have the exp- the, the resources in which to get those 1,500 hours, because no one's going to give you an aircraft to fly around for 1,500 hours. You've got to find a job you know, or pay for those hours uh, to qualify. So that's been kind of a long-term drag on the number of uh, airline pilots. Then during COVID, um, they offered a lot of pilots early retirement, uh, which a lot of them took, um, with some certain packages and uh, incentive packages associated with that. And they had a you know, slightly fewer, or a smaller and much smaller number of people that they uh, wouldn't allow to apply to the aircraft because they weren't they refused to get inoculated, and uh, that's led us to this current crisis. Uh, At the moment. So to answer your question, Andrea, uh, they'd like to add more flights. They're not going to be able to. Uh, They also, over the summertime, have kind of been hoping that things just worked out. Uh, The big swing factor here being weather. Uh, Normally, uh, an airline will have pilots and crews in reserve at various places. That if there's weather delays and the airline crew times out. You know, they can't be flying 24 hours a day. Uh, the FAA won't let them and you don't want a tired pilot and co-pilot running your aircraft. Um, so during a weather delay, you're going have a lot more people who time out and aren't allowed to fly that day. And normally you'd have a crew or so or two or three at various places just to hop on that aircraft and fly it to the next destination, say from O'Hare to Nashville. Uh, so uh, they don't have those many people in O'Hare waiting around, if any. They are using those, utilizing those people to actually fly planes that give them revenue. Uh, and then if they don't fly that plane from O'Hare to Nashville, it can't that can't fly from Nashville to New York. And so once you have a weather delay, um, you have an exacerbated problem that rolls across the United States. So. I like to say to people who ask about this that you you know the, the big swing factors are is there a storm over Atlanta or Chicago and those two markets can really affect the entire nation. So you know the what they've learned, however, hopefully they're going to apply it during this holiday season, the airlines this is have learned that they just cannot schedule that much. They've got to have some slack in the case that there are weather delays and other unforeseen circumstances that happen. And uh, they just won't schedule as many aircraft as they normally would during the holiday period. So it's more likely that, you know, once you get a ticket, if you haven't booked well in advance, you really should. But once you get a ticket, it's high probability that a flight will, you know, actually occur. Uh, but you are going to find uh, that it's going to be at 95 to 98 percent load factor being 95% to 98% of the seats will be filled. And to give you an idea how they've coped with this in various other parts of the world, as I mentioned Heathrow before, Heathrow will have about 10,000 fewer flights over the next uh, several months, simply because they just cannot schedule people to fly the aircraft. So if you haven't bought tickets for Thanksgiving, you really should have started thinking about it right now. And if you have the wherewithal And the desire, you should be doing the same thing about booking airline tickets for Christmas. So, which brings up the, um, you know, uh, the last topic or uh, continuation of this topic. What does that holiday season look like, Andrea, for for hotels? Do you think that, you know, how will Christmas look? I mean, let's go really far out to Christmas and New Year's. Um, Is, you know, are there labor problems that will still be present? Are they going to get better? going to get worse um, at the hotels?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's it's similar to the airline industry where there are, you know, the labor issues um, are not quickly fixable uh, or easily fixable. Um, you know, hotels obviously are finding, they are finding, you know, workers more than they were a year ago. But it's still, you know, definitely not back to normal. Um, you know, depending on the type of property it is, uh, how, you know, how well staffed it is, it will depend. Um, but I, I do think it's a, you know, it's an issue that is not going to be fixed overnight. Um you know, in terms of the hospitality and, and even the restaurant industries.
0: Yeah, I had a um, some a media person ask me in a TV interview. He says, oh, come on, you know, they must have been able to fix this problem by now. And, I'm, and my response was, well, you've picked the longest term poss- possible problem for the airlines. You know, you can't go out in the street and hire someone to fly a 737. It just that's impossible. And it would be idiotic to put someone who is unqualified in the um, pilot seat. Um, So we were not going to be, again, it's a long-term problem. It's not going to be fixed anytime soon. And I did have a discussion with uh, Tyson Jomini of JD Power, who has been mentioned before, I believe, on this podcast. Uh, He basically looks at fleet sales and things like that and other kinds of fleet issues for JD Power. And I was speaking to him about the rental car industry um, I've heard from my rental car clients that, uh, that they have, as one person put it, basically solved our fleet problem. And that we're backed up to you know, about the same number of cars that we had before, you know, before the pandemic, which I'm, I'm, not, I'm a little sanguine about that or less than sanguine about the, that statement. Um, however, the rental car prices are going to continue to be high, not as high as they were in the summertime period. Um, but they still will remain higher than they were in 2019 simply because, you know, again, we have f- uh, fewer cars, higher demand, um, and it's only going gonna, gonna to be very spotty. It's only going to be in those markets in which there's destinations like, I believe uh, you went to Orlando on your last vacation, uh, Andrea, this one of the past week. I think you were in Orlando, weren't you? I was. Yeah. And that uh, did you rent a car down there or try to rent a car? Or was no, it? No, you- we
1: did not. Um, I... I frankly didn't even bother looking at that option, knowing <laughs> knowing what the issues would be, yes. especially in a market like Orlando. Yes, right. Um, I, you know, there there may have been cars available. I just never really looked, but uh, yeah, I I think I was probably afraid to look afraid to yeah. look at uh, at rental cars. But a car would have come in handy while we were there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but we, you know, we ended up finding alternative transportation. So. Yeah.
0: Well, it's markets like Orlando that are destination markets for leisure travelers You can have problems. But, right. you know, uh, another um, co-worker and I, um, Christina Cooley, who runs the retail section of uh, THR, she and I went to Chicago and we rented a very nice uh, car that was only had 9,000 miles on it. Um, but that was in Chicago, which is not exactly a high demand leisure market. So you're going to, you know, if you're planning to go visit, you know, uh, your aunt in Peoria, Illinois, it might be easier to find a rental car than it would be if you're planning to take your kids to Orlando, uh, or Las Vegas, for example. Um, but anyway, that's that's a basic overview. Andrew, is there anything else do you want to add um, as we exit out of this uh, episode of the JD Power Travel Podcast? No. Okay. Well, it's good to have you back. So, uh,
1: thank
0: you. You know, you're quite welcome. Glad to have you back. And uh, once again, you've been listening to the JD Power Travel Podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about JD Power, you can go to jdpower.com and click on the upper right hand corner and scroll down to business. And then you'll find travel on, under that business tab and find out about all the things that uh, we have been doing lately and the things we can do. Uh, for uh, all the travel studies at jd power so thank you very much and we'll see you next time